You know, ever since um, the first century, I mean, really, the, the reading we have from the Acts of the Apostles, you know, where Peter is speaking, uh, at the Acts of the Apostles, of course, written by the Apostle Luke, um, ever since the Lord rose from the dead, the Christians were aware that people probably wouldn't believe them. They wouldn't believe their testimony that Jesus had risen from the dead. And that's actually why they write in the way they write. I, Peter, testify that these things, in fact, did occur. Paul does the same thing. I, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, testify. Because there, there's a sort of solemnity to that, right? So even, even in like a, um, like a trial, you know, you have testimony, you have witnesses. And, and even today, if, if, uh, if a person were accused of a crime and two people, even two people, came up and solemnly professed, I saw him do it. I saw him do it. That would have, of course, an incredible impact on whether or not he was found guilty. The testimony of just two witnesses, even today, you know, has uh, a veracity that, that people will come to, 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 you know, acknowledge as being true. I mean, we even, we do it in our everyday, you know, uh, usually when we gossip. He said what? <laughs> yeah, he said that. Really? How do you know? Well, I was there. I heard him. And we just believe that person. You know, we, we would never presume that they would lie about it. They were there, right? I, no, I heard him say it. <laughs> Can you believe he said it? No, I can't believe it, but I believe it because you told me, right? And on and on it goes. Um, so it's very common for us to believe the eyewitness account of, of one person over any event. Now, take into account then all of the Gospels and all of the New Testament writings. And then, of course, there's all of these other writings that, that the Catholic Church didn't put into the Bible. But they're, they're witness testimonies of, of people who had told them of, of what had happened with the Lord Jesus and how he had risen from the dead. So we have the eyewitness testimony of four Gospels, you know, talking about what Jesus said and, and, and conveying. This is what Jesus said, and he says time and time again, I have to die and I will rise again. Destroy this temple and I will rebuild it in three days. He was talking about the temple of his body, right? Um, after the transfiguration, he tells the apostles, uh, I have to go to Jerusalem to suffer and die, but I will rise again. And Peter tries to stop him, right? No, you can't die. But it was very clear that he was saying, no, I have to go and die and then I will rise. And then, of course, the apostles saw it. The mother of God saw it. Right? Uh, the Lord Jesus, the risen Lord, appeared to Paul and he saw the risen Lord. Hundreds and hundreds of eyewitness accounts solemnly saying, I, Peter, testify. Because they knew, they knew people would say, there's no way he rose from the dead. You're making that up. And so they understood that they needed to be solemn. I solemnly swear this happened. They're testifying. They're testifying to the truth of Christ's resurrection. And with so, ma so much testimony, so, so many people testifying to having seen the risen Lord, that should be enough, perhaps, to convict us in faith. But you know, I was thinking about this just personally. Um, 
I was thinking about, well, what did, how did I get to this point? <laughs> I mean, I'm almost 18 years a priest. How did that happen? Um, and I've just been reflecting on that this week. My faith was always very important um, in my family. And uh, my mother particularly always instilled upon my sister and I, you know, to have a firm faith in Jesus Christ. You know, especially in time of trouble. Pray, say your prayers, ask the Lord for help. And the truth is that time and time again, the Lord helped. I mean, it, it was just unmistakable that God intervened. But we were a family growing up where we, we didn't, uh, we were kind of up and down with our church attendance. So we, we, you know, kind of get back on track. I don't know if any of you know how this goes, but, you know, we're going to get back to church, you know, and then we go for a while and then we'd kind of like to sleep in and, you know, and then, well, we got to get back to it. So then we try again. I mean, it's, you know, it's life. It's life. It's just a common thing. And that, that was my experience growing up um, until finally, I in my teenage years, finally, I, I became convicted of the truth of Jesus Christ in a way that had not, it had not hit me before. And I've been reflecting on what was that? It wasn't... It wasn't the scriptures, you know, it wasn't reading from a book. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't our, uh, you know, sort of up and down mass attendance. It, it wasn't even necessarily going to mass, but, but I think what it was, actually I'm sure what it was, was I finally allowed myself to be open to Jesus Christ in a new way. And I invited him into my life. You know, I, I, I made room for him. There's so many things we have in our life that, that, that can sort of suffocate, you know, God and the Holy Spirit out. We're busy, you know, we have work, we have school, we have, we have friends, we have other relationships. You know, kids who have video games and iPads. And I mean, there's all kinds of things that get in the way of making space for, for God. And until, until I made that sort of act, of, of saying to the Lord, you know, I do want you in my life. I open myself to you. At that point, my life changed. My life radically changed. And then here I am, you know, at the ripe old age of 46. <laughs> Not that old, but 18 years a priest. I would have never thought it. In fact, there are many people in my life who would have never thought it. <laughs> I know, and you're laughing, but I, I went back to my high school for the first time uh, about a year after I was ordained. And uh, there were numerous, I was a little concerned, there were numerous teachers and uh, administrative persons who said, I never thought you'd be a priest. <laughs> I haven't been back to my high school since. I, I didn't find that very uplifting. <laughs> but, uh, but this is what God can do. You know, and, and the truth is that, myself included, every single one of us, you know, we go through our lives and we just have these ups and downs. We have peaks and valleys. You know, we have times where, where we want to live in our sinfulness and we want to sort of turn away from God and be apart from him. And we choose that because we think that there's something good there for us. And perhaps we even enjoy it to some degree. We would never sin if we didn't enjoy it to some degree. So we turn away from God and we live that way for a while. And then, you know, oftentimes we sort of come to our senses and we, we say, you know, I'm really not this, that happy. This isn't that fulfilling. What about God? 
You know, one of, one of the, uh, the difficulties I had, I think, early on was uh, religion didn't seem very manly to me. Um, a lot of the examples that I had just weren't, and there, I have nothing against women. This is not a misogynistic comment. It just, for me as a young man, I, I think I, I was looking for something sort of more masculine, but until I actually made the step of saying to the Lord, Lord, I want you in my life. I have a place for you. I have a place for you in my life. Come into my life, come into my heart. Then I discovered that there was a place, you know, for, a, for a, a masculine spirituality as well that resonated with me. I think that's something that a lot of men, you know, struggle with also. But, but once I disposed myself to God, once I humbled myself, once I said, what I'm doing isn't enough, it's not good enough, I'm not actually that happy. And once I gave myself over to God, it's amazing what God has done in my life. And the truth is that I've had to do that numerous times, even as a priest. You know, I've recognized that I've gone off track. I've recognized that, that I've, I've got caught up at different times in the wrong sort of things, even being a priest. And that I've had to come back to the central component of faith, which is, a personal relationship with Jesus. It always comes back to that. And what I find in the church is support for that. Why do I go to church? Well, Father, it's your job. <laughs> yes, it is my job. But that's not why I stay a priest. I don't stay a priest because it's my job. I don't stay a priest because I'm coerced or forced in any way. I stay a priest because this is where I find God. I find God in the Eucharist. I find God here in this place, in this beautiful church, is where I encounter the living God, Jesus Christ. And I need that. I need that to sustain me, you know, to give me peace, to give me comfort, to know that my sins are forgiven, to know that it's gonna be okay, to know that this, this world as it is does not have the final say that there is a God who reigns over it all and has it figured out and has me figured out. And somehow I will be saved through his mercy and through his goodness. And praise God that we are here. Please stand.